0: Welcome to the Base Path Podcast brought to you by New England Baseball Journal. I'm your host, Dan Guttenplan. The Massachusetts high school baseball season is underway, and today's guest is a Hall of Fame coach whose team played for a state championship last season. Hopkinton High School coach Steve Simos is joining us in studio. Earlier this year, he was inducted into the Massachusetts Baseball Coaches Hall of Fame. Last spring, he led Hopkinton to the D2 state championship game. And he also has experience coaching at the Legion and college baseball levels. Coach, thanks so much for joining us in studio.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. It's an honor.
0: Yeah, it's an exciting time of year. It's the start of the baseball season for Mia teams. Uh, an anxious time for a lot of different coaches. I know you have a lot of experience. You're a Hall of Famer. But uh, what is the what are you feeling at this time of year? When uh, I know you uh, put a lot of emphasis on uh, team building in the off season. Do you have a good sense of what you're going to get when the team gets out on the field?
1: No, oh, I know what I'll get in terms of attitude and effort and leadership from our seniors, which are great. Um, I'm not as confident in what I'll get in terms of uh, hitting and pitching and base running and things like that. But that's part of the excitement of high school baseball. You know, every team's unique; every team is uh, has its own character.
0: Yeah, it seems like uh, this time of year, you hear from a lot of coaches, like you know. Guys have been in, you know, that have been training in the offseason. You kind of know what they're doing in terms of velocity because everybody's tracking that. You don't really know, you know, how they will play situationally and things like that. Uh, did you lose a lot of guys from that uh, team that made this championship game last year that kind of led you in that way?
1: Uh, we did. We had a great senior class. I think we lost six starters. Um, we lost a pitcher who was probably the most successful pitcher in the history of the school josh fisher um in terms of wins and losses. He was quite a leader on the mound, so that's always tough to replace an ace, but we have other kids that'll step in this year and um you know that's the- that's the fun of it you know and unlike college baseball, you don't get to pick and choose and recruit you coach who you get and and that's exciting to me,
0: yeah. I know you um said team building in the off season is one of the more fun parts of the job for you really getting the camaraderie getting the guys to come together. Uh what what is that process like for your baseball team? I know guys play different
1: sports in the off season. How do you get the guys to kind of gel uh during the off season? I don't do any any contact or any baseball with my kids in the off season at all. Uh mm-hmm. that's sort of a running joke that you're going to get enough of me during the year. Yeah. Uh so we don't really do anything. I, I do some local clinics for, um, like I just did one for a bunch of our rivals' infielders, and um, if there's more than fifty percent, some of my kids join some of the some of the younger kids. But we don't do a lot of that. We do. Um, we did some charitable work, community work. We worked down at a soup kitchen. We did some yard work for people in need. We unload Christmas trees. Uh, with anybody who's a candidate for the program uh, but I don't I don't track anything in terms of baseball which is a little bit strange I would guess uh, mm-hmm. but I really do try to allow them to get away from baseball. We have a maybe a unique, that's a unique side of our program I had 16 kids in our program right now that don't play summer baseball mm-hmm. um, you know fewer at the varsity level but it's not a prerequisite uh, we really try to encourage multi-sport athletes. So there's not a lot in the off season other than I'm a teacher and I never talk about baseball in the classroom. So uh,
0: the team building aspect um, or character building, I should say. You know, you said the, the soup kitchen and some of those vol- the volunteer work. One thing that uh, I think w- when I first read your name uh, last year, following the D two championship game. Um, you had faced Aven Cabral uh, from St. Mary's of Lynn. I was just kind of reading because he had a dominant uh, postseason last year all the way through, and you ended up losing to him in the state championship. And I read that your six players presented the finalist trophy to a former Hopkinton coach who lost his wife to cancer um, earlier that year. How did that come about, and um, what do you remember from that moment?
1: Uh, it's Dick Bliss, who's a legend in Hopkinton. Uh, we have a gym named after him. He... Um has been a longtime friend, He's someone I looked up to, coached boys and girls basketball, legendary golf player and coach, um, and just had a wonderful, wonderful marriage, lost his wife tragically, and was really going through uh, a down period, obviously, and happened to see him at the game, and was something that I wanted to do. The only thing is I didn't want to do it um, until everything had cleared out, I didn't want the kids to make a show of it so we kind of waited but unfortunately there was a local news person there and mm-hmm. captured it but it I think it meant a lot to coach bliss and uh, it said since we had lost the game it said a lot to our kids that this was a little bit more important we talked about coach bliss in the huddle afterwards and before the game that a little bit more important than winning and losing a baseball game
0: yeah i think it speaks well to your your players that they were able to have that perspective after you know, they invested everything to win that game. They didn't, but they had enough perspective to say, let's lift somebody else up, even though we're a little bit down right now. Um, speaking of being down, you know, I, I you invest so much into the season. Like you said, you had six seniors last year, and now you're kind of ramping up to try to uh, probably achieve the same type of goals. Uh, what was the process of getting your guys motivated after kind of suffering a disappointing end to the season? Uh,
1: no different than any and any other year, we uh, we actually have lost the last two state championship games to the same team, to St. Mary's. <laughs> so uh, I don't want to say we're getting used to it, but it's a uh, they're an outstanding program. And um, but we don't ever talk about wins and losses. And I know that sounds cliche, but we really we really don't. I talk to uh, the players about the fact that when I say they have a an obligation to the program, uh, it's an obligation to their conduct. It's an obligation to carry themselves the way the kids before them have carried themselves. So we don't really talk about it. I think that the other stuff um, leads to the wins. And basically, we're just talking about doing things the right way incrementally throughout the year. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and then, so St. Mary's of land you know, they have Avon Cabral back. I would imagine they're probably one of the teams to beat in Division Two. You said your conference is loaded this year, or at least Division Two South is loaded. Who are some of the other uh, teams that you're kind of looking out for on your schedule? Or, or in the postseason.
1: Yeah, Division two is incredibly loaded. Um, St. Mary's, obviously, with uh, Ava coming back. And uh, Milton, your local team here, is outstanding. I, I would say that they're probably um, the favorites. Uh, just in terms of reputation, it's just he runs such an outstanding program. And they deserve it. It's their time. Um, and I, I'm actually, it's strange, but I'm kind of rooting for them. You know, they've, they've been on the cusp and... They should be rewarded for all he's done with that program. Yeah. But Plymouth, uh, Plymouth North is a powerhouse. We're playing Zaverian. We're playing Medfield. We're playing Lincoln-Sudbury. We're playing Franklin. So we're going to take our lumps. But I like challenging the kids. It's the only way they'll get better. And we do have some kids going on to play college. Uh, but it's, it's wide open to an extent um, without sectionals any longer. I think that makes it really interesting yeah where you know a St. Mary's Milton matchup or a Hopkinton Plymouth North matchup can happen much earlier than uh, than typical
0: yeah those are some great I know they all have some uh really special players on the team Medfield has uh Jack Goodman who I know you work with uh in, with some infield work um and you mentioned Zavarian they won the state championship obviously last year division one so those are some nice regular season matchups for you um by the way, congratulations on getting inducted to the Massachusetts State Baseball Coaches Hall of Fame. Uh, you seem like a too, you're too young to be in a Hall of Fame. Um, what was the significance of the timing of getting inducted at this point in your career?
1: Well, I think you need to get your eyes checked. Um, <laughs> certainly not too young, So it's been a lot of years, you know, yep. 30 years I've been at it, um, yep. and uh, it was significant. I, I, I like to joke that it's really more about age than it is anything else, and to a certain degree, I think that's true, um, but I, I'm still proud of it. I'm proud of the fact that it's hard to coach for so long. You know, it's a it's a grind. It's a difficult. This day and age is a little harder. I don't think we're going to have 25, 30, 35 year coaches any longer. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of more a lot more pressures, um, be it parental or societal or anything. Uh, so I am proud of the longevity and the fact that I still. I don't get around the field as well as I used to, but I um but I, I'm still excited, you know, to to be on the field with the kids each day.
0: So is there an actual I, I've I I've seen coaches get inducted to the Hall of Fame, you know, consistently over the last my career what, since I've been covering it, but um there is there an actual Hall of Fame or what, what is the induction process like?
1: There's not a physical location, but there's a you know, there's plaques that are um, displayed at various places. Mm-hmm. I believe one is, is in and around I could be wrong with this, but the old six hundred club at Fenway. Yeah. Um and it's obviously on the website. They do a really good job. The Hall of Fame induction is the culminating event of the state clinic, which I help um help to run and organize and get some clinicians there. So it's really nice. And the last night is the is the Hall of Fame banquet. A really uh really well done. A lot of the members of the board Put a lot of work into making that very professional and very um, very important for the for the inductees. Yeah.
0: Do you think uh, I know? So you have some experience working with guys uh, in field work. Um, also D two. You know you've seen the guys like Aven Cabral. You're seeing Zavarian um, this year. Do you, do you think there is any? Last year was kind of an anomaly with so many pro prospects, both at the college and high school levels in New England. Do you do you have any uh or either pro prospects
1: or you know high d1 prospects in your area jack Goodman is definitely a in my opinion a pro prospect he's going to Pepperdine to play shortstop i think if uh, over time he would have had his pick of the litter he's really a special player a special talent speed and power and arm strength great kid um, great family so uh, a kid like Ava wouldn't count out there's a there's a lot of quality arms i mean Medfield has two uh, 88 plus mile per hour arms. Uh, Bellingham in our league has an 88 plus mile an hour arm. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot out there. And the velocity now is, is off the charts. You know, we, we tell our kids they got to get prepared for 85, 86, 87 miles an hour. That was never the case in my early years in the Tri Valley League. You had two kids in the league over 80. Um, and that's, that's just the reality of it with the offseason work that the kids do. I wish a few more of those kids would go to Hopkinton, but uh, there's a lot of quality arms, a lot of quality players.
0: Is that what you attribute the spike in velocity to? There's more indoor facilities and guys putting more work into baseball training in the off season.
1: Yeah, I, I attribute a lot of it to the revolution in pitching, which a lot of it started with a guy by the name of Ron Woolforth down south and a lot of that. Um, ingenuity came up north. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually was involved with him years ago down in San Antonio, and ha- invited him up to speak to our coaches up here. Um, getting into weighted balls and the benefits of law to- long toss and explosion pitching used to be very regimented. It used to be, you know, step one, balance points, you know, and now it's explosion. We're not trying to um, take the athleticism out of the kids, so um, you have your best athletes on the mound. And now that quality arm that comes in from the outfield is also a quality arm on the mound. And that wasn't the case in the past. You know, you were either a pitcher or um, or an outfielder. And a lot of times it didn't translate because we came, made them kind of robotic on the mound.
0: Right. Are there more injuries, do you think, because of the uh, increased velocity?
1: It sure seems as though there are. There's a lot of, I mean, I, I couldn't be more conservative in terms of the arms, but even uh with our pitch counts being so low, uh and being overly cautious, we still have our share of Tommy Johns and uh, arm strains and labrum's and things like that. It I'm not a doctor, I don't know, but I, I just it just seems logical that when the arm is generating that much speed, it's probably more prone to injury, but I have no idea. I'm still uh, trapped in the seventies. <laughs>
0: I well I think in a lot of ways you've been pretty innovative. Um and one of those ways is I was I noticed your assistants are pretty loyal to you and they've been with your program, you know, very long for by high school standards. Uh one of those assistants, is it Keely Murray or Kylie Murray? It's Kylie. Kylie, okay. Uh so a female coach at the high school level and you're seeing more and more of it, maybe at the pro level, but maybe
1: not so much at the high school level. Uh, what did you see in her that made you go in that direction? Yeah, I don't know if there's any other high school baseball female coaches, but um, I kind of joked that my staff is a kind of a halfway house for coaches. We take anybody. Um, and it really is true. I, I have a, a, a friend of mine who lives down the street that I asked, you want to coach? He said, I don't know enough. I said, you know plenty. And he's been with me now four or five years. Um, Kylie is a guidance counselor. And um, – so I kind of say she's my guidance counselor and my therapist. And obviously she doesn't know a ton about baseball because she was a softball player. She's a volleyball coach. But in my opinion, if you can coach, you can coach. And my only criteria is that you're smart and good to kids, and they're both incredibly smart. Like uh, Kylie is a wonderful asset to our program, and not just you know from the the guidance point of view. She contributes a lot on the baseball side too because she's a – Avid learner. She's always trying to pick up a little bit more, not afraid to ask questions, not afraid to take some risks. I hope I foster an environment where she can do that, but um, bottom line is she's an incredibly, incredibly good friend, a wonderful person, and very, very smart. So that works.
0: Yeah, I wonder if your coaching philosophy of considering it, like I will take anybody halfway house, like you said, uh, stems from the way that you broke into coaching. I was reading the start of your career, uh, you got a break from John Carroll, who was at a legendary coach, uh, not necessarily on his staff, but he helped
1: you kind of land that first job. How did that happen? So that was interesting. I, I had an opportunity to coach at my high school in Connecticut, which is a, kind of a Catholic powerhouse. And it was, it's one of the best jobs in Connecticut. And I had a little bit of a, a reputation down there from playing and having gone off to college to play. Um, but I had made the decision. My wife and I had been dating at that time for about five years. We were both gonna move up to the Boston area, get married down the road, and after I got the job offer, I'm like, wow, this is pretty exciting, maybe I'll stay home. But I decided to take a business job up in Boston and uh eventually when I made the transition to coaching, I found it not so easy to, to make a connection. I didn't know anybody up here. Um had read an article about John Carroll because I was living in Natick, popped in off the street, and um, it was incredible. He said, come back tomorrow, we'll talk to you. He, he was kind of a curmudgeon kind of guy, a wonderful person, and he said, grilled me about baseball, asked me all kinds of questions about philosophy and the game itself. said, all right, I'll get you a job. So I went home. My wife said, how did it go? I said, I either met an absolute kook or one of the nicest men I've ever known. I'll let you know. <laughs> Uh, and he called me. He called me in a couple of days. Said I have you an interview for you at Westwood. I went down. I got a job, and that was it. Yeah. And he followed my career until he passed uh, in 2001, I believe. Huh. Well, I'm
0: sure to be proud. You're now a Hall of Fame coach. That worked out well. The base path Podcast
2: will be back after these messages. Looking to keep up with all the latest news and information on New England baseball, New England Baseball Journal and BaseballJournal.com are the premier resources for information and inspiration on the New England baseball scene. Have every issue of New England Baseball Journal the magazine delivered to your home or office. And don't forget to stay in the game every day with a digital subscription to baseballjournal.com to receive baseball coverage on clubs, college commits, prep and high school, division 1, 2 II, and 3 colleges, showcases, rankings and much more. Get in the game and behind the scenes now by going to baseballjournal.com. Just click on the subscribe button and start the subscription that is right for you today. New England Baseball Journal is a Siemens Media publication. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative. Insightful. Are you serious about playing your sport in college? Do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level? You should check out the University of Nebraska High School. UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students could earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self-paced, and available 24-7, 365. Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today.
0: Now I so you you started in the business world here. You went to BC undergraduate, then you earned a graduate degree in history. Uh, what did you imagine, or what did you when you were in college and pursuing a graduate degree? What did you imagine your career
1: would be? Well, definitely not a history and government teacher. I yeah. I was in the business world, but I had no I had no real um, professional aspirations when I other than thinking I could play professional baseball, like most of us do. I went into business purely because people said, hey, you're competitive, go to business. I said, okay. Uh, I just didn't re- I realize I was competitive when it came to playing ball or hockey or ping pong, but not really in the business world. <laughs> so that was not a good career path for me, and I wasn't wasn't happy at all. Well, you found the right one, I guess.
0: Um, what was it that really grabbed you, like when you started coaching, were you like, hey, this is it? Or, or you said, you know, did you struggle a little bit at first with it?
1: No, I knew... Um, that I had a passion for coaching and I I thought I could be good at it. I just, I was in uh, sales for a time and really never passed a uh, baseball field without stopping and watching the practices and realizing I was critiquing them. And it just so happened to coincide with, I started to really get into reading of history and um, that captured me. So the combination of being able to possibly pursue history and, and coaching was enticing and I, quite frankly, was uh, excuse me, quite frankly, was a failure in business. I wasn't, I wasn't good at it, yeah, um, or happy.
0: One of the uh, things I was reading about you when you got inducted to the Hall of Fame um, was you've kind of made a push for multi-sport athletes, or at least encouraged guys to play multiple sports. And I think with the rise of those in- indoor facilities and guys really focusing on their VLO numbers, that's gotten maybe a little bit lost. Where there's some more specialization. Uh, what is it about the multi sport athlete that you think uh, lends itself to having success on the baseball field in the spring?
1: Yeah, I think uh, we could talk about just the athleticism, the competitive drive and the enjoyment but i i really I really just think it 's the diversity of activities and not getting you know just so um, overwrought with pursuing one sport. The burnout is a real thing uh, I learned a lot from my own sons. Um, I never allowed them, which probably to the detriment of their hockey careers, I I never allowed them to play uh, off-season hockey, uh, unless they wanted to not play baseball or not play another sport. So um, I I thought it kept them fresh. They liked it. And I I didn't want our family to be run by traveling from one sport to another sport. Uh, They did their sports in in a limited way, and the rest of it was family time. So I like the way it worked out for my kids in terms of their passion; it never seemed to wane. Their favorite sport was the one they were playing at the time, and that's how I felt growing up. I was a three-sport high school athlete. Um, I just think the more you learn to compete, the better.
0: Yeah, I know your oldest son; uh, he played at Army West Point. Yes. Um, and I was reading that you don't, you didn't want a pressure, you didn't want them to feel pressure that they needed to have a shared uh, passion for baseball. And um, how did that play out? Like, did you coach him growing up, or did you try to avoid coaching him, or how, how did his career kind of play out with you as a baseball coach?
1: Yeah, I avoided coaching them purposefully. Um, there was one occasion where the Hopkinton Little League was without a coach, and they lured me in to do that, and I coached my um, my son's 12-year-old team to, I think, the worst season in Hopkinton Little League history. We were 1-15. <laughs> But other than that, I, I did some. I ran a team called the uh, Homestead Grays after the old Negro League team. I just took some local kids that weren't playing summer ball, including my two sons, and bought them t shirts with the numbers of Jackie Robinson and Satchel Page. And, and we did that. We didn't play games, we just practiced huh. and um, talked about the Negro Leagues. We did things like that. Neither of my sons started Little League uh, at the ages that most do one was nine, one was 10. Wow. Uh, so, it was it was a little amazing when my son, my older son, started. They said, "You realize he's so far behind that, you know, other kids have been playing for five years." And I said, "Right." Well, my wife and I kind of made a pact that we wouldn't have them play until they asked. Yeah. And then when he learned how to read and he saw the sign, he asked about it. But they had played in the backyard. They had they had you know gone down to when I was coaching in high school in Holy Cross and been around it. They just didn't play on a on a formal team until you know, later on.
0: Yeah, and your oldest eventually became Patriot League Defensive Player of the Year, um, as a, I think, during his senior year. So they didn't fall too far behind. They they always yeah. kind of uh, were able to catch up. That's interesting. I get those emails, too. My kids, I have two uh, that play soccer, my, two girls, and you get that email like a week before the start of the season that, hey, we need coaches, and you are like, I didn't play soccer. And they're like, it doesn't
1: matter. We just need somebody at this mm-hmm. point. We need a body. Well, I ultimately coached. My older son and my, I'm sorry, my younger son in high school. Um, my older son played for Jerry Lambert at Zavarian, right? And then Steve my younger played for me. And I, when I did come back to coaching, so um, wasn't by design, but wouldn't have, wouldn't change that for the world. Yeah, that must have been a nice treat. Um,
0: now you coach, you have college coaching experience too. You were at Holy Cross. Um, what was it like when you decided? Okay, I'm going to go to the college level, and what made you decide to come back to
1: high school? I had decided that, you know, I wanted to, um, you know, kind of scratch the itch and make sure that coaching college, perhaps full time, or doing that, wasn't something I should, I would regret later on. Uh, and I had been asked by a few local coaches to join their staffs over the years. Uh, and ultimately I went to Holy Cross with a friend, Craig Nigerian who was there. I went as kind of the hitting infield coach, and I enjoyed it, um, but mostly it made me realize that I wanted to be at, back at high school. Um, the travel, I don't fly, so, you know, the the third time I drove to Duke or Florida while the team was in the air was kind of an indication this wasn't for me. Yeah, um, And I didn't feel the connection flying from Hopkins, I mean, not literally flying, but driving from Hopkinton to, to Worcester, um, and being just on the baseball field. I didn't have the connection to the kids that I do in high school. Great kids. It was a good experience. I'm happy I did it. Um, I'm really happy I did it because I knew I had more of a renewed passion when I returned to high school.
0: Kind of get it out of your system. And then, uh, would it be something? So now your kids are older. Um, you don't think you'd ever do it. You'd go back to it at this point, even if it were like, uh, you know, maybe D3 or something where
1: it's easy, a little more drivable? Yeah, I see myself over the next couple of years, maybe either being an assistant in high school or uh, just to get, I'm at the age with, you know, an elderly mom, and um, my younger son has a couple of years left of baseball. I had thought about, you know, trying to coach until I was 60, um, which would give me one more season. Um, but, I don't know yet. I still have the passion. I just don't have the physical energy any longer. But I, I want to stay in the game. I definitely can see myself being an infield instructor or a hitting coach, locally. What well, high school or college doesn't matter to me.
0: Yeah, and what capacity do you do the infield work? Is that is that like a, your own private instruction, or is it
1: through one of the um, travel ball teams? Or no, it's just when people ask. Just, uh, local people, I just. You know, get a field together, get six kids together, and work on it. We did a a, a huge clinic uh, a few years ago for local players. Um, Nick Dorito at at um, Catholic Memorial, Jack Goodman, Max Goodman, a lot of really good players. Uh, all came down to our field every Saturday morning. We did like an infield boot camp. It was really fun. I like doing that. I like you know keeps me keeps me sharp. It's good to deal with some other kids, um, non Hopkinton kids, and just doing it for the pure. Uh, the pure sport of it nice
0: well before i let you go um i wanted to see if you have any bold predictions for the 2022 season whether it be you know obviously d2 you're gonna say hopkinton's gonna be the favorite but any any state championship predictions or you know gatorade player of the year anything like that in massachusetts in terms of a prediction for the season
1: i'm gonna go with milton yeah um and not just i hate to put the the whammy on them, and not just because of the talent. Uh, there's a reason there's talent there, because the, the coaching staff does an incredible job. I'm going to go with Milton. Um, we just saw Plymouth North. They're going to be tough, and I'd be really remiss if I didn't say St. Mary's because <laughs> yeah. they've, uh, they've taken it to us two championships in a row. So Yeah, and they've got uh, Cabral back, so yeah. <laughs> it's going to yeah. be tough.
0: Well, uh, Steve, thanks again for joining us in studio Uh, Thanks again for listening to the Base Path Podcast. Subscribe to New England Baseball Journal at baseballjournal.com to get the spring edition mailed to your home or office. Thanks to our producer, Steve Safran. Subscribe, like, follow the Base Path Podcast on your preferred platform. The Base Path Podcast is a Siemens Media production.